the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this Thursday. This will be the last episode of the week. I am out of town tomorrow. Today we're going to talk a little college football as new quarterback coach Tim Rattay gave his first interview to Orange Power Studios. I'm actually going to let you listen to that interview in its entirety. It's about six minutes long. I thought about cutting it up, but I think I'd be doing you a disservice because it's a really good interview. It's really not too long, so we're going to squeeze that in. We'll talk a little more college football today as well, and I will give you a weekend preview for all of Oklahoma State athletics uh, since I will not be here tomorrow on Friday. Reminder, this is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Head over to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out all that Locked On has to offer, including Locked On Sooners and Locked On Thunder. If you if you are a fan of either of the other two major teams in this state, Brady Trantham does both of those podcasts and does a phenomenal job. Also, remember we are partners with Boone Pickens State, so make sure that you get on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and follow Boone Pickens State. If there is anything to know that's happening in Oklahoma State Athletics, Boone Pickens State will have it for you on social media. So give them a follow, Boone Pickens State, on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. All right, let's dive in to this interview with Tim Rattay. This was from Orange Power Studios. Jessica Mori did this interview, and it, it really is phenomenal. It's about six minutes long. I just left the whole thing in. I, I didn't want to cut anything out. I left the questions in. I just want you to hear everything he has to say about transitioning from the NFL. He was with Washington. Washington last year, back into college football, uh, about what kind of drew him to Stillwater, what he thinks about Spencer Sanders. Uh, a lot of good stuff in this interview with new quarterback coach Tim Rattay. Uh, so here this is once again from Orange Power Studios and Jessica Mori. All right, Coach Rattay, what brought you here to Oklahoma State? Well, um, really just uh, excited about uh, opportunity, um, you know, kind of following Oklahoma State program from afar, just the uh, amount of success they've had, uh, but also just the reputation they have. Obviously, Coach Gundy uh, has been here for a while, and just the reputation he has talking with other coaches um, that had coached with him, um, but nothing but good things to say about Coach Gundy and the culture he's created here. And um, So, yeah, I mean, it was just a great opportunity. Just really excited that, that Coach Gundy gave me that opportunity and uh, excited to be here. What was the hiring process like for you? Did you have a previous relationship with anyone on the staff or did Coach Gundy just kind of call you out of the blue? I did not. You know, a lot of times these jobs happen from a, a friend of a friend or a coaching friend that you have uh, kind of hears about an opening or a job um, and, and put your name out there. And uh, yeah, Coach Gundy called me one day on the phone and, and talked for a little bit and then, you know, went through the interview process and, and went from there. So, uh, yeah, you just never know how these things kind of uh, come about. And you spent the last season with the Washington Redskins. What made you want to get back into college coaching? You know, I had coached for six years at Louisiana Tech and really enjoyed college. And I enjoyed my time in the NFL. But, uh, again, just uh, just an opportunity uh, like this one to come here and work for Coach Gundy and, and work for this university. Um, just really excited. And then you start doing research and um, the amount of success, success they've had and the quarterbacks they've had here in this program. And, um, so I was really just uh, really grateful for the opportunity and, and, and really couldn't pass it up. And how can your experience as a former NFL player and coach help you here and help the athletes? I think it's good. You know, I think any kind of uh, experience you have, whether it's playing, coaching, and I tell my guys, uh, 
a lot of the pretty much all the coaching thing uh, points that I have is is what I've gotten from coaches that have coached me throughout uh, throughout my career and 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 really really good coaches really good quarterback guys and uh, and just that experience I think uh, hopefully they can relate to to me and understand that what they're going through good bad or indifferent I went through um, whether you're getting booed or cheered I've kind of been through it all and uh, so hopefully my experience can help those guys. Was there anything you learned specifically with the Redskins that's going to help here? You know, I think every every year you coach, I think, uh, you know, you're around different coaches, you're around different players. Uh, I think uh, you learn things from those coaches. I think going through experiences, having to coach different players, and uh, you, you grow from that every year. Um, so every, because every player is different. And, and in this profession, you're really just trying to get your player to get better each week. You know, every every game each week to get better. And, and there's different challenges to that. There's different guys are different, uh, personalities are different, um, things they have to work on are different. So I think every year I've coached, I've gotten better. I feel like I'm a much better coach now than I was a year ago. Um, and, and I'm excited to, to kind of start with these guys here pretty soon. And I know you just got here, but what are your thoughts on Spencer Sanders and the quarterbacks here at Oklahoma State? Yeah, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time with him, but been around him, been around the other quarterbacks. I'm excited about the, the quarterback room, um, starting to kind of dive into his film from last year. He's a dynamic player, obviously makes a lot of plays with his legs. Uh, you know, he can throw it wherever you want to on the field. And, and he's a young player, so I'm kind of excited to get in there and just fundamentally just, you know, just start working with him fundamentally and just work with all the guys in the room uh, and just try to improve them. But uh, there's obviously a lot of talent there. He, you know, he made a lot of big plays for for the Cowboys last year and, and excited about him moving forward. And do you have a specific kind of quarterback you like to coach, maybe a little more fun? Do you like a, a quarterback that can run, a dual threat guy, a guy that mainly stays in the pocket? What's your opinion? Yeah, on I, li that? I really like good ones. You know, I like really good ones <laughs> that kind of make me look good. Um, but no, I don't, it doesn't matter how you kind of get the ball from A to B. You know, it's about, about first downs and scoring touchdowns and a lot of different ways you can do it, a lot of different you know, skill sets for each guy. And I think that's the, the that's the key is maximizing the skill set that that we have at that position and and and, and the other positions on offense. So, um, no, yeah, I'm not uh, there's no uh, it's like golf. There's no pictures on the scorecard. As long as it gets from A to B, I'm happy. And looking back at Oklahoma State quarterbacks, you've got guys like Brandon Whedon and Zach Robinson and Mason Rudolph. I mean, tons of guys that have come through that have been really talented. Is that something you looked at when you consider taking this job? Well, yeah, I mean, you just see the history. You, you see the, the history of the offense and the quarterbacks and shoot the running backs, the receivers, the O-line, and that just the success they've had, um, you know, it's impressive. And, and it's something that, that obviously we want to continue uh, to grow. But uh, to come to a place that, that offense has been as good as it's been, in, in, you know, in the past and, and the great players that have come through here, um, it's, it's fun to be part of this tradition. And what are you just most excited about, about Oklahoma State? I don't know. I heard the game day experience is awesome. I'm fired up about that. Um, but it just really, you know, what's what's interesting and what's great about this place is I've only been here a couple of weeks and really only been in the office for really three or four days. And, and they talk about the cowboy culture. And it's amazing how how soon I was here that you feel that. You feel that with the players. You feel that with the coaches. You feel that with the people around town. And, you know, it's a credit to Coach Gundy for setting that culture and been doing it for so long. Um, I've been really impressed. So we, had a, we had a junior day a couple weeks ago. And just sitting there for the first time, hearing the uh, all about the academic and about the career development for these players, I'm uh, just really impressed. And just 
just really excited to be at a, at a program like that, that one, cares about the players, cares about the players' development, not only football, but life after football. Uh, and just being around a team and a program that, that has that culture. And that's, that's, that, that's the thing that makes coaching fun is when you're around a group of players that, that have that mentality and have that, that mindset. And um, so that's really what I'm most excited about. Thank you so much, Coach, and welcome to Stillwater. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great interview there from Jessica Mori and Orange Power Studios. That's new quarterback coach Tim Rattay at Oklahoma State. And I liked a lot of what he said. If you'll notice, multiple times he mentioned the culture at Oklahoma State, the culture that Mike Gundy has built, the culture of offense and quarterback play in Stillwater. That's a big deal, and I think Tim Rattay is a big addition to the coaching staff. I look forward to seeing how Spencer Sanders progresses from year one to year two with Oklahoma State. All right, a lot still to get to on today's podcast. Before I do that, I want to remind everyone to go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. All of the best local, naturally grown product, friendly staff. You come in, it's a professional environment. They're looking to take care of you, the patient. They have their patient drives every single Wednesday with $60 doctor recommendations, uh, the lowest in the state. They're looking to take care of you, the patient. Go see them at 617 East Redbud Drive in Stillwater. You can also visit them online at livesgf.com. Simply Green Pharmacy, Pharmacy Live SGF. Dot com. Tell them Locked on Pokes sent you. All right, we're going to take a break. Keep things rolling. Coming up on the other side here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. Colby Powell with you. Find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes, where you can see all my thoughts about everything Oklahoma State. And if you want all the news and updates for everything Oklahoma State, remember to follow Boone Pickens State on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Proud to be partnered with them here on Locked on Pokes. All right, we're talking college football here on a Thursday. The final segment, I'm going to preview everything happening this weekend since I'll be out tomorrow. But we just heard from Tim Rattay, and now I want to take a look at ESPN's way too early college football top 25. This was released yesterday, and uh, I want to take a look at this. Let's start at number 25 in the Big 12. I'm not going to run down all 25. I'm just going to give you the Big 12 schools and then probably the top 10. I'll rattle through quickly. At 25, uh, Baylor sits at 25, which, you know, they, they lose Matt Rule to the NFL. They bring in Dave Aranda. I I don't know how to feel about Baylor going into next year. A, a big part of what Baylor did in 2019 was that defense. Baylor returns two starters on defense. Baylor is losing Blake Lynch, the linebacker, linebacker Jordan Williams, another linebacker, Chris Miller on that side of the ball. Uh, did I say James Lynch? I think I said Blake Lynch. They're losing James Lynch on the defensive line. Bravion Roy, who was a defensive tackle. Graylin Arnold, who was a defensive back. They're also losing Denzel Mims and Jamichael Hasty, two of their best offensive weapons. So I, I don't really know how to feel about Baylor. I think 25 is probably a good place to bring them in. Again, in the Big 12, at number 23 is Texas. Texas lost both of its top receivers, Devin Duvernay and Colin Johnson, lost Malcolm Roach on the defensive side of the ball, lost a couple of offensive linemen, but still, they returned seven guys on offense, nine on defense, including 14th-year starting quarterback, Sam Ellinger. So I do think Texas will be pretty good. I thought they had a chance to be pretty good last year and were decimated by injury. Not going to pick them to win the Big 12 or anything crazy, but I think it's plenty fair to have them at number 23. At 18, ESPN has Iowa State. 
I'm probably okay with Iowa State at 18. Uh, a young team, Brock Purdy, I think had a little bit of a sophomore slump. I think that that kind of started with the Oklahoma State game. And Iowa State lost a lot of really close games in 2019. They lost four games by a combined 11 points this past season, uh, including a close one to the Cowboys in which Oklahoma State had those, I think it was three fourth quarter picks, had the pick six there uh, from uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. So Iowa State at number 18. At number 12, this is where Oklahoma State falls in. And I think this is a perfect spot for Oklahoma State at number 12, considering what Oklahoma State accomplished last year, but how much Oklahoma State has returning, plus the transfers that came in. Oklahoma State returns eight offensive starters, 10 defensive starters. Oklahoma State does lose two starters on the offensive line in Marcus Keys and Johnny Wilson, guys who've been around for a long time. But you get Josh Sills in as a graduate transfer. That's going to certainly help lessen the blow of losing Marcus Keys and Johnny Wilson. A.J. Green, the only starter that will be missing on defense. And you get Christian Holmes in from Missouri, will likely fill in there. So this Oklahoma State defense, which uh, over the last decade, 2010 through 2019, Oklahoma State's defense, that they they tweeted this out, Cowboys football tweeted this out yesterday Oklahoma State forced 256 turnovers in the last decade that's an average of 25.6 turnovers per season which is number one in the entire Big 12 and number two among all power five schools so I do think that Oklahoma State has a chance to be a potent defense this year and again it's bend but don't break force field goals force turnovers that's how you're successful and win games in the Big 12 conference I think Oklahoma State has a great chance to do that one thing to watch Matt Amendola no longer around for Oklahoma State, who fills in at kicker. Uh, This is what ESPN said, their outlook, if you will, basically the paragraph they write for every team. The outlook from ESPN for Oklahoma State this upcoming season, it says, is 2020 going to be the year of the mullet in the Big 12? The Cowboys have been a little down the past couple of seasons, but OSU coach Mike Gundy is bringing back FBS leading rusher Chuba Hubbard and 2018 Bolitnikoff finalist Tylen Wallace, who caught 53 for 903 and eight scores before suffering a knee injury in practice in November. Quarterback Spencer Sanders was pretty good as a freshman before a thumb injury sidelined him for the season's final three games. Gundy promoted receivers coach Casey Dunn to offensive coordinator after Sean Gleason left for Rutgers. With 10 starters expected to return on defense, the team should continue to improve in 2020, especially if it gets more from the front four. OSU added Missouri grad transfer Christian Holmes, who started 12 games at cornerback for the Tigers. So that's what ESPN has to say about Oklahoma State, which falls in at number 12 on ESPN's way too early top 25. The only other team in the Big 12 in the rankings is Oklahoma coming in at 9. OU will return 8 starters on offense and 8 starters on defense. They do lose Heisman runner-up Jalen Hurts, but they're replacing him with Spencer Rattler, who I think I don't know if he'll be better than Jalen Hurts this year. I think he will be better than Jalen Hurts in his career. I think Spencer Rattler is a special kind of talent and seeing what he could do in Lincoln Riley's offense, it could be dangerous. I think big losses uh, for, for Oklahoma come on the defensive side of the ball with Kenneth Murray, Neville Gallimore, and Parnell Motley. Uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, I mean all three of those guys really, Gallimore and Motley, all improved so much during their careers at Oklahoma State. And they were good players a year ago. So we'll see what Alex Grinch does as he starts to get more of his guys that he's recruited in the program. Of course, the loss of C.D. Lamb will be huge, but OU has no shortage of of talent at receiver with all the recruiting they did over the past year. Quick rundown of the top 10. ESPN has Notre Dame at 10. Of course, I just mentioned OU at 9. Defending national champions LSU at 8. I think that's an appropriate spot for LSU. They've recruited really well, but LSU for the last two decades, save one season, 
which was this past year, has really struggled at quarterback. So I need LSU to prove to me once again that they can do it on the offensive side of the ball. They lose Joe Brady. They lose Dave Aranda. And they lose Joe Burrow. They lose you, you know some of those receivers. They return only three starters on offense, five on defense. They lose Justin Jefferson. They lose Clyde Edwards-Elair on the defensive side of the ball. No more Caleb on chasing. So it's going to be very, very different. Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son, the tight end. They lose the safety, Grant Delpit, who was a phenomenal player. So LSU is going to much look much different in 2020 than they did in 2019. 2019 was really, when you look at coaching and players, a perfect storm for LSU. At seven, they've got Florida. Uh, I think Florida's pretty strong this upcoming season. At number six is Oregon. This is tough. They lose their quarterback, Justin Herbert. Uh, so, so we'll see who comes in. Probably redshirt freshman Tyler Shaw will battle, battle a true freshman, Kale Millen. So I, I don't know who's going to start at quarterback for Oregon. I, I struggle to put them at six after losing Justin Herbert. Penn State at number five, nine offensive returners, five returners on defense. Penn State's that school that every year can get close and just can't get there. I'm going to have to see it from Penn State to believe it. At number four, ESPN has Georgia making its usual appearance. It, it's the regulars in the top four. Alabama at number three. Uh, Ohio State at number two. Ohio State did lose Chase Young, but Justin Fields is back. They also lost J.K. Dobbins, so Ohio State comes in at number two. And at number one is Clemson. Makes sense. They bring back Trevor Lawrence. Six starters on offense come back, five on defense. They do lose T. Higgins. They lose Isaiah Simmons, who was a force in the middle of that defense. So uh, Clemson comes in at number one. Once again, the powerhouses in college football are atop the way too early top 25. All right, that is all the college football for today. Love talking a little college football in the offseason. Gives us a chance to look forward to what is to come. Coming up after the break, I'm going to preview everything happening this weekend. Baseball, softball, wrestling, golf. I'm going to recap what the golf team did yesterday at PGA West. It was a very strong finish for Alan Bratton's squad. We'll also talk a little Bedlam basketball coming up on Saturday in Gallagher-Iba Arena. That's all coming up next as I wrap things up here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. You can find Boone Pick and State, our partners at BP underscore State. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well. Search Boone Pickens State and you will find them, bring you all of the latest Oklahoma State news and notes, including the uh, honor today that Kate Cunningham has been named one of the five finalists for the Naismith High School Player of the Year Award. So big congratulations to Cade Cunningham as he looks to collect some more hardware before he heads to Stillwater for what will likely be one season of college basketball. All right, before I give you the weekend preview, I want to remind everyone to head over to Simply Green Pharmacy and see our friends. Tell them Locked on Poke sent you. It's at 617 East Redbud Drive in Stillwater. It's at the corner of Perkins and Redbud there on the northeast side of town, just across the street east from Apple Creek Apartments. They will take care of you. Everything is local, naturally grown, friendly staff, huge selection. They've got you taken care of. If you want it, they will either have it or can get it for you at Simply Green Pharmacy. Go find them, 617 East Redbud in Stillwater. Tell them Locked on Pokes sent you. All right, 
let's uh, let's preview what all is to come this weekend. Actually, before we do that, let's talk about uh, let's do a little golf recap from yesterday at the Prestige at the Greg Norman Course at PGA West. Oklahoma State fired the round of the day an eight under two seventy six for the team. Oklahoma State entered the final round in eighth place, and just as I talked about them needing to do yesterday, they shot a great round, moved up, and were able to notch a top five finish. They did finish uh, fifth. A big part of that was Austin Eckroat. Austin Eckroat went out and fired a nice little bogey-free 64, uh, par 71. So that's a 7-under, 64, 7 birdies, no bogeys. Got him to 10-under, 203. Almost won the tournament. He was one shot off the pace of San Diego State's Leo Oyo, who uh, had a phenomenal final round himself. Shot a final round 66 and won the tournament by a stroke. Oklahoma State. Young squad this year, uh, senior Ferdinand Mueller was out there. He shot a 74. Uh, two sophomores, Amon Gupta, as well as Rasmus Niergaard Peterson. Uh, Peterson, a one under 70. He tied for 34th. Uh, Amon Gupta shot a 71, tied for 45th place. And then freshman Brian Stark shot a couple of 72s to start. Had an even par 71 yesterday, so he finished in a tie for 39th place. So Oklahoma State now will have a week off before on March. March 1st, they head down to Cabo San Lucas to play the ocean course at Cabo del Sol as the golf season rolls along. All right, Oklahoma State softball this weekend. Doubleheaders Friday and Saturday in the Blazer Classic in Birmingham, Alabama. Oklahoma State softball right now sitting at 6-3 and three on the season. Again, no home games have been played yet. That will come next week starting on February 28th. Uh, Oklahoma State tomorrow on Friday, 10 a.m. and then 12.30. So just afternoon, you'll have to be up if you want to uh, try to find a stream of these online. Oklahoma State and Ole Miss at 10 o'clock tomorrow, and then Oklahoma State and Louisiana at 12.30. And then on Saturday, Oklahoma State will have another doubleheader at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. against Louisiana and UAB. So four games in two days coming up for the Cowgirls. Oklahoma State baseball will host a three-game set starting tomorrow against UT Rio Grande Valley, 4 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and 1 o'clock on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So afternoon games uh, at Allie P. Reynolds Stadium. Not too many more chances to go see Allie P. Of course, O'Brate Stadium will be opening on March 20th. The pictures are coming out, and it looks phenomenal. I cannot wait for O'Brate Stadium. Uh, Still sad to be losing Allie P., though, so go get out to Allie P. Reynolds Stadium while you can. Oklahoma State Wrestling has a big one on Sunday night. When I say a big one, I mean a big one. Wrestling against one of the best schools in the country in Iowa, and it's in Iowa City. Uh, That's going to be tough for Oklahoma State. Iowa undefeated on the season and haven't really been tested, so Oklahoma State will need its absolute best from Nick Piccinini and the rest of the squad if they're going to dethrone the Hawkeyes Sunday night at 7 o'clock in Iowa City. All right, little Bedlam basketball coming up for Oklahoma State. Hosting the Sooners at 3 o'clock. That game's on ESPN2, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Oklahoma State gets Oklahoma coming in. I don't want to say they're reeling because they've lost to the two best teams in the conference, two of the three best teams in the country. But Oklahoma has lost two in a row. They lost 87-70 to this past Saturday uh, to Kansas in Lawrence, and then they hosted Baylor on Tuesday night, lost that game 65-54. to I was on Baylor minus three in that one. Appreciate you, uh, OU, for doing what you were supposed to do and getting blown out on your home floor. I think Oklahoma State will be more competitive in this game than they were the first time around against the Sooners. Remember, the first time around, Oklahoma State uh, – 
did not play well in Norman. That's when Oklahoma State was kind of in its its real slump uh, whenever they were struggling and started the season 0-8 in conference. That was actually Oklahoma State's eighth conference game before the Cowboys won three of their next four. Oklahoma State lost that game 82-69 to in Norman. My big question for Oklahoma State basketball on Saturday against OU is how do they bounce back mentally after scoring 14 points and a half Tuesday night against West Virginia? Because it seemed like everything was looking up. Oklahoma State had won three of four. Oklahoma State was leading at halftime against a top 20 team in the country on the road. Things looked like they were starting to fall into place and this team was starting to get some momentum. And then boom, you score 14 points and a half and all of a sudden you get blown out on the road by West Virginia. How does Oklahoma State bounce back mentally and what does the confidence look like for that group on the offensive end of the floor? I'll be really curious to see that. I want to continue to see the good shot selection by Oklahoma State. Don't settle for threes. Go to the basket. Get to the Pardon me. Go to the basket. Get to the free throw line. That is where Oklahoma State is at its most successful. So again, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma at 3 o'clock on Saturday in Gallagher-Iba Arena. I'm going to go ahead and put in the call. I think Oklahoma State wins that game. I think Oklahoma State has played good basketball the last two weeks, save one half against West Virginia. So I think that they'll be able to get that half out of their head, get back to what they were doing well, and at home on a Saturday afternoon, I think Oklahoma State will get it done against the Sooners. All right, that is all for this week. For me, reminder, everything on social media, that's where you need to be, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Also, Boone Pickens State. Search Boone Pickens State on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow them, our partners here on Locked on Pokes. They've got everything from every angle of Oklahoma State athletics covered. Give them a follow, Boone Pickens State on social media. Glad everyone was with me. Hope you enjoy. And uh, today is basically my Friday, so everyone have a great Friday, and then have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening here. Locked on Pokes.